episode 290 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, and I'm your host, and I am joined today by three of my very best friends in the whole wide world. Uh, first, in the bottom right, I am joined by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? I'm always good on podcast weeks. Right. <laughs> It? I, I, I'm glad that you like podcast weeks. Um, They're always my favorite. Um, oh, and thank you uh, for the uh, resub, for the resub, Ready Player Mama, um, also known as Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power, the <laughs> many of the woman of many titles. Um, I am. And also joining me is the. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also joining me on the bottom left is uh, Linda Robel, the managing editor of Board Games. Linda, how are you today? Doing all right. Getting through. Yeah, fair enough. And on the top right is my boy, the man behind the curtain, John Tomlinson. John, how are you, my friend? Doing all right. Good to hear. Good to hear. So um, it's been a busy couple of weeks for me. Lost the old day job. I'm going to be uh, making a whole lot of TikToks. Um, I made like seven yesterday, I think. Um, Something like that. It was crazy. I went nuts. A lot of TikToks. Um, it was a lot. I did not make as many today because I had a doctor's appointment. Don't worry. Everything's fine. I was getting my CPAP all repaired because um, the humidifier stopped working. And so it's just Ooh. blowing dry air. Into my dry mouth. air. Spoilers. I had that last summer. It's the worst. No good. It sucks. Um, so no big deal. Uh, but I did start a new series today, and so if you're going to go look at the TikToks at Engage Family Gaming, I looked at this day in video game history. Today is a very good day to talk about it. Amanda, would you believe that today was the day that they launched the Nintendo Entertainment System in in the test market of New York City? I actually didn't know that. Really? It is. Today, yeah. That's March, super cool. March, October 18th, um, 1985. So... Wow. Is credited with like a bigger release, you know, over the next year. But remember, Just so everybody's uh, aware that was the year before I was born. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna. We were gonna get to that. Um, we're doing the <laughs> you feel old segment now. But what's interesting is, you know, Atari messed everything up, right? For that's a vast oversimplification. But Atari done messed stuff up, and so Nintendo didn't know that this was gonna be good. They didn't know that this thing was going to sell. I mean, they, I'm sure they had an idea. They, they're not crazy people. But they they built this machine, and they didn't call it a video game. They called it an entertainment system, and they tried it in New York. Because I guess if it works in New York, it works everywhere. But New York is also a huge metropolitan area. They wanted to see, like, are people – is there an appetite for this thing? And clearly, there was one. Because uh, we're still talking about Nintendos. And frankly, we're talking about video games in general. Right. You know, so. Um, so, yeah, it, I started by talking about that and uh, I have another game for tomorrow uh, that we uh, you know, so uh, I'm already excited about it. This is all because at the last EFG con, my friend Craig made this massive database of video game releases. Like he made me this huge spreadsheet from all sorts of different sources that is sortable and. It's crazy, and it's got everything on there. So I could just go to a date, and I know everything that was released on it for the most part. Um, you know, going back into the uh, history books. Uh, Season of the Sea Witch, thank you for many, many, many hypes. I appreciate that. Um, so anyway, um, I've been very active on the TikToks, and will continue to be until someone pays me to do something else, otherwise known as I get a job. Um, and then I'll probably still keep doing it. <laughs> Um, because I really like short form video. It's fun. Um, so let's get to work. It's episode 290 and a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks, but let's talk about the games of the week. And Amanda, you have a game that I didn't know you could talk about until literally three minutes ago. As I look at the clock. It's true. So uh, I went over and I, I, I poked over at Mike and I'm like, is, is this now? Are we? Are we doing this? Can I talk about it? And he's like, yeah, it came out. What, like, the embargo's lifted. Yes! Yeah. No, um, it came out. I'm glad that the... Yep. I will... Um, so I'm glad that they lifted the embargo now that the game is out. That would have well, been Well, technically the embargo was lifted four days ago. 
But you know, I yeah. So anyway, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you would have known that I actually got to I got to play the new Ghostbusters game, Spirits Unleashed. So during New York Comic Con, they were holding a launch party, which was incredible. Ilphonic did a great job. It was lots and lots of fun. Lots of cool people there, and they had two banks of PCs set up so that you could sit there and you could check out the game. Uh-huh. Y'all, game's good. Yeah, game's good. Good. Right. And Ilphonic has had some has had some real some real challenges around their asymmetrical multiplayer. Um, as much as I enjoyed Predator, you know, it had a lot of problems, and I do mean a lot of problems that made the game. Not unplayable, but less enjoyable to play than it could have been. Yep. And a lot of the beefs that I had with Predator are basically solved for Ghostbusters. Yeah. So the ASIM works really beautifully because you have your ghost, you get your person who's playing the ghost, and you have your people that are playing the Ghostbusters. You get to customize your Ghostbuster. Um. It looks great, it feels great, it's challenging, but it's not overly complicated. There are a number of different things that you can do throughout the course of a game. You know, you have to bolster the people that are in the building with you. So there are actually civilians in the building during this haunt, and you have to, like, soothe them with, like, button clicks, right? And, like, just be like, it's okay, it's okay. Everything's gonna be Crowd fine. Control, okay. keep everybody calm. So everybody, 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 keep everybody be cool. Everybody be cool. Okay. And they have to go around awesome. and like try to trap the ghost. Um, and the ghost will try to like throw stuff in your direction. Mm-hmm. They will try to create rifts that'll scare the living daylights out of the rest of the civilians. Civilians are running around. They're oh, like no. their hands are in the <laughs> air. You know, it's a mess. But if you can trap that ghosty three times, you know, the busters win. But if that ghosty gets that haunt fully saturated and all those civilians leave. Wow. Turns out that everybody's afraid of those ghosts. <laughs> except wow. for the Ghostbusters. Except for the Ghostbusters. You know, they've been trying. Companies have been trying this asymmetric gameplay really ever since. What was that? Uh, Deep Rock. Um, or was it Turtle Rock? The, uh, which one was it with the big alien? I can't even remember. Oh, you're talking about Evolve. 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 Yeah. Really? Evolve. Honestly, Evolve was before its time. I, I really think that there was a lot to love about Evolve as a, as an ASIM multiplayer kind of game. But the big issue is no one knew what to do with it. Right, it yeah. didn't have the audience, and then Dead by Daylight came in and just absolutely showed us the way. Showed us yeah. the way. So, Amanda, you've been using a word in this description that I am aware of, but I'm, I think is worth that defining. What is an asim game? All right, so asymmetrical multiplayer games is usually like a many versus one, right? So you've got one player who's usually playing the bad guy. Or, you know, the the creature that you have to capture, like in Evolve, or whatever. And then everybody else is playing either survivors, like in Dead by Daylight. They're playing as Ghostbusters, trying to hunt the ghost. Um, and in Predator, they're playing as soldiers. You know, like, so that's, that's kind of how the asymmetrical multiplayer tends to work, is you have your, your cooperative players and you have your competitive player. And your competitive player is trying to ruin everybody's day or mm-hmm. night or face. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> really depends on whether or not you're playing Dead by Daylight, in which case your face could be wrecked. And Dead by Daylight um, is, what's wild about that is it's really just a collection of horror tropes. Like, yeah. Including yeah. a bunch of characters, you know, there's a bunch of villains in there that are legit horror staples. They just added. They stuff. are. They just added yeah. Stuff. So they, they like that's an interesting business story, quite frankly. But I'm not going to put my business hat on right now. Um, <laughs> I'll save that for later. So the cool thing about asymmetrical multiplayer is that when it works well, everybody has a good time. The bad guy has a good time kind of sneaking around and making everybody's lives difficult. And the cooperative players have a good time. 
even if they're scared or even if they're like disorganized and all over the place. Asim multiplayer, when it works, when it hits, it's just, it's just chef's kiss. <laughs> it's just chef's kiss. I love, I've all, and that's, you know, so I was really excited about this Ghostbuster game. Even though I'm not like an enormous Ghostbusters fan, I love asymmetrical multiplayer games. So I was like, oh man, I gotta see, I gotta see if Ilphonic did it right. And Ilphonic, they did it right. And there's still not quite enough content yet. I know that they're going to have a content roadmap in the future. It's a live service game. So if you're going into it expecting an abundance of content, you are not going to get it. But it's got a promising future, and it's very exciting. And it's Ghostbusters. Which is, it is. Now that, like, now that I think about it, it feels like Ghostbusters was the correct decision for an asymmetric multiplayer game, right? Because... It has always been about the four Ghostbusters going up against whatever the ghosts are. So I think that is super cool. Very excited. Very glad that you were able to talk about it. Um, and that game is out. Uh, so technically it's out tomorrow, the 18th. Um, actually, wait, is today the 18th? Today's the 18th. Today is the 18th. Today is the 18th. Never mind. I don't understand well, how on. calendars work. Listen, once I... Once I once I don't have like a work calendar to help keep me up, I, I got no idea. So here we are. It's October eighteenth, um, and it is out today. Um, there are the one thing about these about asymmetric multiplayer games is they are awesome to stream. So if you are highly streamable as to what these look like, um, just put the name of the game into into Twitch, and you will find people streaming it. They've been sponsoring a lot of streamers, so you should not have a lot of problem finding them. Um, and I feel like, because I watched about you know twenty minutes of a stream today and got a really good grasp of what the game is, because you can kind of watch like a full match, like it's a nice thing. So if you're curious but not sure, like if the way Amanda described it is not great, hop over, hop on over to Twitch and watch. And twenty minutes, you're gonna know you're gonna know whether or not you like you are interested or not. Like it'll, it's not this game is not ambiguous, uh, which I think is great. Um, yes. I want to talk about uh, a board game. Specifically, I want to talk about two board games that I played. because My family had our um, yearly jaunt to the shore uh, where I get to drag a whole bunch of board games out in front of my family. And the, the, the main reason I like this is I get to play board games with my mother, who is, you know, super into board games, but, you know, she. She owns a copy of Ticket to Ride and has no interest in buying other ones. Why would she if she had me in her life? So um, I brought, I bring a short stack every year, and uh, we have a couple. And the first one I want to talk about is Hand-to-Hand Wombat. So um, Hand-to-Hand Wombat, it's available right now at Target. It's like 25 bucks. It is a dexterity party game with a hidden trader mechanic. And you're going to be like, what do you mean? by any of those things. So the idea is everybody's a wombat and you are building little pyramids inside the box. Blindfold. Oh, I have a visual. Thank there you. we go. Johnny Johnny got himself uh, the target exclusive. This is from the people that made Exploding Kittens. So, um, so you know it's wild. The idea is everybody's got to cover their eyes with one hand and they're only making the pyramids with one hand, which is already a challenge. Thank you, sir. Um, but someone in there is a wicked wombat. That means they are trying to ruin the fun. They're trying to make it so that you, and they score points by however many towers are not completed. There's three, there's enough for three towers. You have 90 seconds to do it. Um, that's quick. It is not a lot of time. The reality is it is enough time because there are, you know, you can, it plays up to uh, five people. Okay. And, with with one even with one wicked wombat like you can generally get some stuff done unless you're not trying um we had a problem where during several of our games we had a certain middle son of ours just flip allegiances like he just ignored his card and just decided to be a wicked wombat and so he was we were, i was wondering why we weren't completing any puzzles and then i was like guys what's up like what's going on um who was the Wicked Wombat? And it turns out that it was my mother. Who, what she did is just very calmly and quietly, anytime someone put a piece onto a tower, she figured out where all the little pyramid tower things were. 
and she would just grab it and pull it off just quietly nice. and no one noticed and no one suspects your old grandma um, no. and he was just freaking out and like just moving his hands around and just like moving pieces around the box and you just didn't really it, it was insane so the thing we learned is it's hard to play hidden trader games when there's a, a rogue trader um but it is wild it is fun we actually got the kickstarter edition that comes with these cool masks um we got and, ours uh, in too it's yeah, a really there it's so cute it's really cute it's really fun um i think, yeah i put my masks away that's why i didn't grab them yeah i mean that's reasonable um this is one of those games that i think you know it's a party game that is not a party game um and part of that's because it's kind of fun to watch even if you're not actually playing because it is so dumb um and it's loud and it's you know everybody's kind of involved but um, this is easy to teach. The only thing that we ran into is that very, you know, it plays in mixed company out with the standard caveat that hidden traders are harder when they're younger. But right. we tried to let, we tried at my sister's <laughs> uh, request to have uh, my five-year-old nephew play. And we let him play with both hands, not blindfolded. And we figured that would help because then he was just, but the problem is because his hands were so little, he would pick stuff up and we wouldn't know that it was being held onto by a person. So every time he picked up a block, someone else grabbed it and ripped it out of his hands. So by the end of the first game, he was absolutely devastated because he couldn't actually do anything in spite of the fact that he had full control and he knew he should have been able to stack these toys. Um, but no, so it was um, be aware of that, you know, um, and that's since you're blindfolded, it's really hard to tell. You just kind of have to live in that world. Um, but it was it was still a lot of fun, you know. He uh, he said, you know what? I'm thick. I'm good. I'm gonna go watch some YouTube after that. Um, that's fair. Well, we tried. We tried. Yeah. The old try. Um, so, like I said, that is available at Target. Very inexpensive. Uh, super cute. Um, you know, and it's one thing I do like is if you disliked exploding kittens because of kind of like the toilet humor and, and that kind of stuff, this does not have any of that. These are just wombats. And the fact that they're wombats is irrelevant other than the pun hand to hand wombat. That was it. So, um, absolutely love this recommended to just about everybody. I suspect that this will find its way into a lot of our content moving forward. Cause I really, really like it. Um, although it's not necessarily my call, Linda's the boss. On that, so I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to bribe her some way. Got to bring it over so we can play. Yeah, we'll have, or we will have to do that. Um, and uh, John, are you going to play uh, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope or what? I, Mario, Mario versus Rabbits plus Rabbits. It's not plus Rabbits. versus. They're on the same team. Yeah. Um, I bought the second one, the first one on like a, uh, discount, but I still haven't gotten around to playing it. All right. So don't then. <laughs> yeah. Was, no. <laughs> um, let's save some money. Um, I am a huge fan of the first game, not just because it has a special place in my heart. Amanda knows what I'm about to say. Cause she's heard this story before, but Mario plus Rabbids was announced at my first E3. So I remember that that was like the first really big surprise, like really cool thing that happened while Team EFG was in LA. And so, um, you know, that, for that reason alone, that con that franchise gets a little bit of a pass, but also it's XCOM with, with Luigi as a sniper. <laughs> How am I not going to play XCOM where Luigi is a sniper? Um, and so that comes out on the 20th. It's the end of this week. And uh, well, actually, no, it's, th it's Thursday, actually. It's not even the end of this week. Um, and uh, I can't wait. Um, I have a little bit more time on my hands. So uh, I'm going to play it. I might just stream it. Because, That's a good idea. Because I, Lord knows. You, you can. Know, I, got, I, got, I, I can. Got the, I've got this lab here and everything. Um, the, the big change this time is everybody has a class. And Bowser is in it. So whereas before you kind of figured out their roles, now they are explicit. And Luigi is a sniper. How do you feel about Luigi being a sniper, Amanda? Are you okay with that? I don't know. You saw you saw the eyeballs 
for some of the footage that came out of uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, where he's just giving people the eye. Yo. I think yeah. he'd be a good sniper, quite I frankly. I think you would. Um, and I'm a fan of Lu- We do know I love Luigi, so I will... Um, you know, we'll be picking that up, and obviously I will talk about it a little bit more um, when it is actually out. Um, but it is, you know, certainly one of the game biggest games of this week for us and our audience. The last game, and this is one that I have to play with. Um, we have Season of the Sea Witch in the chat saying that she is confident in him being a sniper. There we go. That's two votes in his favor, even if we're the only two. We're two votes that count. Um, so this is a game I absolutely need to bring to Linda's house because uh, I think you guys would absolutely love it. And that's Marvel Dice Throne. Yes. Ooh. That definitely needs to come over. <laughs> um, and... Yo, just, um, I had never played Dice Throne in general. Now, Dice Throne is like a phenomenon. It goes on Kickstarter, and the idea is they keep releasing new seasons, and they have all these characters that have these beautiful, you know, self-contained cases, and all these characters are meant to be able to fight each other, but they are mechanically unique, um, which is awesome. Um, but it just, when I discovered Dice Throne, there was just so much. Yes. Like, Ooh, that definitely needs to come over. I like I can't uh, I couldn't it was too much right like I I couldn't back it on Kickstarter and get everything and have it be a big mess Um, so I was just intimidated by the volume of the game you know what I mean but then they announced Marvel Dice Throne and I was like you know what I'll buy the Marvel stuff and so I backed it and it came with eight characters in this beautiful collector's box and I went and I played through a bunch of games with my oldest son. I play, I, I wanted to play with my brother, but he was very busy taking care of my niece, which is sort of perfectly reasonable. Um, but um, all the characters are awesome. They all play very differently. Um, you know, the, my uh, Evan, my oldest, uh, really loved playing Doctor Strange because he really plays very controlling and playing lots of cool spells that you like queue up and can cast later and it's super rad and i like playing loki of all things um because he's very tricksy (laughs) as you can imagine and his big trick is this illusion thing he does where he just you know when you attack him he can just put up if he has an illusion up your opponent has to draw one of three cards and because they're hitting three different versions of it's just so cool um that's pretty neat. This is so we're gonna bring it over to Linda to give her an opportunity to play it because it is so rad. Um, the I have the Kickstarter version, but the other versions are available at Target right now in two packs because it is a one v one. You can play it in teams or up to four players, um, but they are in two packs. So it's like Black Panther versus Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure who some of the other matchups are. Um, they definitely left a bunch of characters out with making it very obvious that we are going to have more seasons. There's no Hulk. There's no Captain America. Spider-Man is Miles Morales. We all know there's oh. many, many Spider-Men. Um, you know, we, we had Black Widow and Captain Marvel, but we don't have Okoye or, you know, whatever. Like, you just there's, there's a lot of room. And so I suspect that there will be another season on the Kickstarter, um, and we will be ready for it to tell people... Yes, feel comfortable backing it because it's a very good game. Um, nice. So, yeah, Marvel certainly has a lot of uh, property they can cover, a lot of different characters. Oh, my goodness. That's like, such a huge library. For days. True. For yeah, days, many seasons. I'm going to run out of room on a shelf. I'm going to have to dedicate a whole okay. shelf to it. Um, For sure. Go th- we've gone through most of the video game releases um, this week, but just to go through the video game release calendar very quickly, lots of M-rated stuff this week that we're just not going to bother talking about. If you really, really love H.R. Geiger, you can play Scorn if you want to torment yourself. Uh, Scorn's weird. Scorn's very weird. Not a family-friendly game. Not a family-friendly game. (laughs) It's weird. It's like a... It's a gory horror version of Myst, though. So take that as you will. It's like on Game Pass. Like, you know, if you're a grown-up, maybe you want to do something after the kids go to bed or something like that. I feel like you should just be playing through God of War 2018 so you can get ready for God of War Ragnarok. That's just me. But I mean, it's I true. just started replaying that with uh, Season of the Witch watching. So, um, all right. So we got. So we've already talked about Ghostbusters. Talked about Mario versus Ra- Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. 
Um, this Friday, the big release is Gotham Knights, which currently um, we do not have uh, a, an embargo lifted, so we don't have any reviews. But it is rated T for teen, so it is a Batman game um, with you know some free-to-play multiplayer stuff coming on. We're still learning about this game rapidly um, as the day get, as it gets closer because it's a major Warner Brothers release. It's a Batman, one of the biggest properties in the world. So on a daily basis, we learn more about this game. I would expect that we will have an embargo lift hopefully soon. The game comes out on the 21st, so hopefully that means we'll get a review before that. Hopefully. Um but I will say, uh, if you like Batman, you should be uh, keeping your eyes on every video game channel that you trust because they're, they're all going to put up reviews as soon as they can. I'm sure they're playing it now. Um, Probably. I don't know for certain, but I'm sure they are. If they're not, man, well, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. I truly <laughs> soon enough. Uh, I'm making a whole lot of assumptions. Um, but considering people are already playing God of War Ragnarok, I hope they're playing, which is coming out November 9th. I hope. That they have Gotham Night review code. Um, I hope. I'm crossing my fingers for all the content managers at all those other places. Um, but lastly, I want to talk about them's fighting herds. Can I find? Can I talk oh, about man. it, Amanda? Do it. I do know it. The conversation. We're no, do about. it. So, so I'm going to tell Linda this story. Linda. <clears throat> all right. So this game is called Them's Fighting Herds. Okay. This has. This is. It's been out on Steam for a little bit, but this it's the big release here is that it's coming to consoles. Okay. Back many years ago, probably like five, someone released a trailer uh, for what was going to be a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fighting game. Where it okay. had the main six and a number of other characters from that show in... Like, not like a Smash Brothers clone fighting game. We're talking, like, like a real technical 2v2, two, you know, 1v1, 2D fighting game. A la, like, Guilty Gear, Street Fighter. Like, a real technical fighting game. Interesting. And Hasbro nuked them from orbit. Yeah, okay. Because, I could see Hasbro, Hasbro doing that. Because it's um, Hasbro, because they don't want their ponies fighting. Okay. Because they don't. Now, I was super excited to play this game. I was going to play this game. And then I went silent. But then, they didn't give up, these plucky developers. What did they do? They went and contacted the original creator of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, the person who did that art style. I can't remember her name. Um, I got you. So Amanda's going to get it. They And she created a new world with new characters for them. And they changed the name to Them's Fighting Herd. So now, instead of being ponies, they are all other pony-adjacent creatures. So there's a llama, there's a horse, there's a cow, you know, etc. So it's all it's all Lauren Foss. creatures. Oh, how fun! Um, and it all members of the amazing. herd. They're all herd <laughs> animals. Um, and it is a technical. Lauren Faust is uh, oh, the Faust. one you're talking Lauren about. Yep, yeah. yep. She and so she. Created these characters, you know, helped them with the character designs. And on some level, I feel like this actually works out slightly better because now these are characters that are designed to support their movesets rather than building movesets for the ponies who don't necessarily fight each other. They don't. So yeah, that makes sense. I feel yeah. like, whereas these guys do actually fight. So I feel like, I feel like this is kind of how it should have been in the first place. But it wouldn't have gotten the same attention if it wasn't a kind of a, cor a course correction after making a My Little Pony fighting game. Um, this is the kind of thing I would not be surprised to see this at like Evo next year. Like this is that would be stuff. very interesting. Um, it's building a community slowly. I mean, is it multiverses level like drawing the, all the oxygen out of the air? No, but it's very funny. And am I going to play it? Yes. Uh, I 100% am. I cannot wait. Um, and that is out uh, today, actually, on Xbox, PlayStation 5, all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes, and Nintendo Switch. It's already been on Steam. So we will yep. uh, have more to say about them's fighting herds soon. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Linda, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to sell right. you guys on some board games. We're going to play that game. Oh, nice. And I know a couple of these just a smidge, so this will be fun. Good. So I want to hear what you have to say. So first, um, is a, I don't normally like party games. In fact, historically, I have been opposed to them. They're just not my chance. true. Yep. This one, I'm actually really down with because we could play it. You can really play it with like a lot of people. It plays up to 12. And it's called Green Team Wins. Okay. Um, now, what happens with Green Team Wins is um, it, it's a trivia game, but but it's less about trivia. It's kind of like a Family Feud, right? Where the questions are, there may not necessarily be a correct answer, quote unquote. Um, but the idea is everybody is secretly guessing the answer to the question. And the goal is to be on the green team. And the green team is the team that has the most of the same answer. So I might say, does pineapple belong on pizza? That might be the question. I'm sure it's in that box because everybody does it. And so everybody has an opinion on that one. Everyone has an opinion. And the idea is you have to write the opinion that you think most people at the table will have without communicating. And so let's say you think everybody's going to say no, you have to write no. And then all the, if, if the people who are, uh, if the people who say no outnumber the people who say, yes, that's the green team. And so the idea is you just want to remain through subsequent rounds on the green team. Um, and so um, I think that's neat. I think it's a, a fun way to play it. Um, one of the things they talk about is that you could play it like a convention, with like big groups of people and stuff like that. Cause it's only component limited, but like you could do some wild stuff. So I, I think that game that comes out this month, uh, all of these games come out to retail this month. And that is the one that I am, uh, most excited about, which is weird because it's a party game and normally I hate those. Yeah. There's a lot of buzz think? about this one. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about this one already. The buzz was sort of, if you want it, pre-order it. Because the thought is that this is going to be really popular. Since it is a slightly different spin on the normal party game style. They're not voting for a winner. It's just looking at if your answers match. So a little bit, like a slight little twist to the party game style. So Amanda, you almost have this, you most almost have a full squad for this game just in your house. Yep. Oh. I definitely do. There are eight of us. What, what is going on here? Why are we bringing me dog? Uh, well, you're also frozen. So yeah, you're staying in there. I am? A very, yeah. Your camera's frozen. You're giving us a very serious look. Oh, she just, well, she'll be back. She's gone. Oh yeah. Oh, there, there, she comes. there she I don't know what the heck happened there. Hold you just on. Were very serious looking for a minute. Hi, dog. Oh, there's a dog. Oh, and there's puppy. Yeah. Hello, puppies. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hi, yeah, hi, buddy. Bye, buddy. Michael, hi, buddy. stop it. Hi, Mikey. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Aw. Anyway. <laughs> stop it. I mean, listen, Mike knows what makes good content. Um, and we all know that doggos make good content. It's just what happens. You know, he's heavy. He's like resting the entirety of his 19 pounds on my shoulder. 19 pounds. 19 pounds. <laughs> oh. Wait until you okay, have a teenager. Stop. Wait until you have a teenager that's, oh, no, another proper. Big, that's bigger than you who wrestles. It, it, um, no. No, I already have. I don't have anybody bigger than me yet. So I think I'm okay give it time. with all that. Give it time. I'll, I'll loan you one of mine. I already have so many children, which is what we were trying to talk about, is that I have eight people in my house. So, yes, I would, in fact, almost have a full team of green team wins. We'll just come and invade, and then we'll be almost all the way. We'll definitely be. I think it's a wonderful idea. And then we'll just grab a stranger off the street. Hey, (laughs) you're 12. Thanks. I'm sure one of your neighbors is not afraid of you. So we'll just grab one of them. I mean, we have board game folks across the street from us. They're really Great. nice. We'll grab one of them, but only one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> there can only be one. One. The one. <laughs> one, must, one must meet the sacrifice. So anyway, that's Green Team Wins. Um, yeah, I've heard the same thing. So if that sounds great, throw it into the Google machine. Um, go buy it now. <laughs> I see Mega Mom in the chat. Mega Mom. The Davis clan is many people large. So I suspect... <laughs> That you may that if this sounds fun to y'all, you may want to grab it because I feel like 
that I feel like you guys might enjoy this. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely give that a look. Next is That Old Wallpaper. from a It's from AEG. Check it out. Check it out. You're making... <laughs> it's, a, it's a puzzle tile laying game that you use with cards, and you're making um, Grandma's Old Wallpaper. So all the cards have are divided up into like with like an X with like four designs, okay. kind of like lanterns. And each of them has one of those god awful like seventies um, <laughs> uh, uh, wallpaper patterns. And the idea okay. is, as you play out the cards, you're like trying to make the pattern and keep it going. This is it looks hideous on the table like which is funny because normally i'm like oh i love games with a pretty table presence but this one looks so obnoxiously bad just because of and when i say like just you know the reds and like that weird like like marigold yellow and yeah like, like the 60s yellow. and 70s color palette yeah really yeah. bad gross stuff amanda's like ew I don't like that stuff. I mean, nothing cool like what you would design. Like, I, no. no. No, I mean, like, everybody sees my hair, right? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that color is not on there. So, um, no. I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, and it's, it, it is, I love tile laying games. Um, I love lanterns, and that's kind of what this feels like to me, um, is that, and uh, the theme is just too interesting. And what I really like about it is, um, especially playing it with like mixed generations, you know, cause tile lane games are very, are in a lot of cases, very easy to play with mixed, uh, with mixed skill levels, right? Cause you're just picking up a thing, throwing it down. We, many of us know how to do patterns, you know, that right. kind of thing. And I really feel like this is one of those cool, like if you're talking to somebody that has lived through that design aesthetic, <laughs> being able to like talk to them about it and have them be like, Oh wow. I actually know someone that lived this, you know, I showed the picture to my mother. And, you know, she was like, what? You know, so yep. um, I think this is one of those games that's just going to be an interesting conversational piece. Um, so I'm a fan of that. Um, yeah, and that one's on Amazon right now. You can get it, like, in a couple days. Looks there we really go. cute. There we go. Just in time for the holidays. Uh, Flamecraft. I'm still waiting for my Kickstarter. I'm waiting patiently for my Kickstarter to come. But it is coming to retail, so I'm guessing it'll be retail before it comes to me. We all know how this works. Uh I, but I get all the deluxe goofy stuff. Imagine if you would, and I want all three of you, show of hands, if you would like to live in this world. Picture, you know, fantasy world, high magic. Um, all of the artisans have a partner Pokemon to help them. But instead of Pokemon, they have dragons. You have me at dragons. Everything. So, <laughs> oh, you like dragons? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Can't imagine. Um, can't imagine why. So, like, bread dragons and potion dragons and you know whatever. Um, and so the idea is it's like a worker placement game, medium weight. So this is not going to take forever, but the, the the table presence is long. You're not playing this on a card table. Um, and <laughs> you are placing your little worker dragons around to uh, complete tasks and, you know, make money, etc. The art on this game is fantastic. Is all of these adorable hand-drawn dragons that perform different tasks are super cute. Um, I wish I had my Kickstarter here. They had uh, their, their, uh, <laughs> their Kickstarter fulfillment has been a nightmare as has everything else. So oh, just, no. every day their Facebook group is just inundated with people complaining about, you know, we all know how the, how um, we know how the nerds are, how well, how the nerds are, but also how we all know how the pandemic ruined everything. It's true. Um, so it'll get here eventually. And when I have it, it will. Uh, pictures will go up on the Instagram. Oh, I can't wait to see this right now on the it's Lucky Duck Games on their website. You can pre-order it. It's only thirty nine ninety nine for the standard edition. Yep, so the standard edition, super is, cute. Um, it is absolutely adorable, um, and you know if that, if that sounds good, it, it, having watched any number of playthroughs of this while it was on Kickstarter, I have faith in this one. Um, also, <clears throat> excuse me, it's Peter Vaughn who is helping run this one through, and he did Dwellings of Eldervale, um, and uh, what else did he do? He 
he's done a bunch of stuff. He and I go way back. Every time I bump into him, he's got like a new project going on. Lastly, this is the one that I really want to talk to you guys. It's called Spaceship Unity. Spaceship <laughs> Unity is a storytelling game where you and up to three other players, so up to four people, are crew members on a starship, not unlike the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> you turn your house into the ship. Interesting. It may say someone needs to go and signal another ship. So someone may need to run to a window and open up the blinds to simulate the act of opening a ship. Someone may need to sound an alarm. So they may need to go find a pot and bang on it. And like, you got to run and like do all this stuff to like really kind of give yourself that sense of urgency. So this is like a weird, like turn your house into a parlor LARP. Board game. Interesting. And yeah. I'm super Sounds like work. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like work, but as a LARPer, John. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. As a LARPer. Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, Mom in the chat saying that it sounds like fun. Yeah, I am 100% going to have this, and I am going to report back on this. Uh, we're probably going to – we'll bring it to Linda and we'll we'll figure this out. <laughs> turn my house into a spaceship Linda. that sounds on brand. Yeah, we'll sound, yeah, we'll turn your house into a spaceship. <laughs> I'll bring one kid, you bring a kid. We'll go to work or we'll find a way to mod it to play it with six players or whatever. I don't know. Amanda, what about what do you think? Does that sound weird to you? Cuz That sounds super weird, but I really want to check it out now. Yeah, yeah right? Um For real. Like, and this is season 1. The way they describe it is Ooh. this is season 1.1. There's going to be apparently like six different scenarios that you're going to be playing through and that there will be the intention, obviously, if it is successful, to do more. Um, this feels like one of those things that like once you have the base components, like they may just be able to release stuff digitally or that other people might write supporting stuff for it. So like this may have like a life of its own outside it. So I am – this is something – this is kind of like, uh, remember when I came back from interviewing the guy that did Mice and Mystics and he had the store, the game books, and I was like, right. this is a new kind of game. And now everybody's mm-hmm. kind of doing the game books. They're very common. Um, this feels like if this takes off, um, you know, this parlor LARP in a box kind of thing, um, I think that we could have a lot of stuff. I, I could absolutely imagine like a zombie one. Right. Where you got to, you know, zombies are trying to break through the window. So you got to like go there or whatever. Um, so I'm very interested to see because this is the first game that does anything like this. Um, Mega Mom in the chat saying it sounds like fun. Um, I agree for what it's worth. And that comes out this month. And this very is what's cool, what's cool about this one is this is just in time for family gatherings. You know, as we approach the holidays, you know, Legit. and this is one of those ones. I don't know. We'll, we'll have more to say. Uh, once we get a chance to look at this one. Um, and I'm hoping that they will be at PAX Unplugged in December so that we can interview them and talk to them. Because Linda and I that would be, be there, really cool. Guess, yep. Breaking some of the news. But uh, Linda and I will be there <laughs> working. So hopefully we can uh, have a chance to talk to them. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, we have some news. Um, Amanda, can you break it down for us about Need for Speed Unbound? Oh, man. Because you and I had a moment. Oh, man. All right. I need you all to stay with me for a second about Need for Speed. You all know if you've been here for any length of time, you know my feelings on racing games. I love them. You do? I love them. You want to see my really special, cool (laughs) Forza Horizon 5 controller? It's right here. Um, I use it for everything. Oh, I saw that chair that you like tested out like last month. The thing was ridiculous. I went I to know, a, I went to a Logitech event. Oh my! And they're like, "Hey, girl, do you want to check out our racing rig?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." Oh my! How did you know? <laughs> so anyway, all that to say is, I really, really like racing games. I'm gonna get my own racing rig at some point. So the new. So I've always loved Need for Speed, though. And we haven't had a great Need for Speed game in a long, 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 long time. <laughs> it's been a minute. So and when I saw Need for Speed, Rivals was, was okay. Yeah, Rivals was okay. Um, 
when I saw that there was going to be a new Need for Speed, I was like, they're going to hurt me, aren't they? Probably. They're going to hurt me. Just a bit. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to hurt me with this one. I don't, I don't think so. I don't no. think so. Need for Speed Unbound. Let me tell you about Need for Speed Unbound. Have you ever wanted in an arcade racer that is actually set on the streets? Have you ever wanted an arcade racer that is set on the streets to combine the aesthetics of the wackiest anime with the aesthetics of, with like the feel of playing Fast and the Furious, but like in a game together? I do quite frequently. I mean, quite also same. Honestly, same. I can I can honestly say that. I didn't know that this was a game that I needed, but Need for Speed Unbound is so cool. It is the aesthetic on it. The people that are working on this game, the team that is working on this game, they get it. They get the street aesthetic. They understand what makes street racing so interesting and so appealing for a video game. And they understand the underpinnings of the culture. So Need for Speed Unbound like is blowing my mind. I I have been yelling at Mike about this <laughs> since I saw the trailer. I was like, "Oh no." Like the trailer's been out for 12 days. It has been an unimaginable amount of hype inside my brain. Oh my. And it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> and it's coming out in December. Early it's coming up September. Something like that. Uh, early I'm going to put, I'm going to get more use out of this. Oh boy. Maybe I'll even the, bust out my wheel. Uh, I mean, listen, Ooh. the idea of, you know, I mean, we didn't have like a really good racing game this year. Like we, it, there just really hasn't been anything that's kind of taken the world by storm. So this is. Well, I mean, like it, it's like Gran Turismo is a sim, right? If you are not. If you're not a sim player, then... Wait, was Gran Turismo this year? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so we have had a good racing game. but We have. They, these live in different spaces. This is like, you know, yeah, my bad. I This year has been really weird. Um, Did you know the Pokemon Legends Arceus came out this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came out You're in not January. the first person I've heard that from this week. This is like... insane. This year has been both a week long, but also a decade long. Um, so we have had another game. In fact, Gran Turismo is part of the EFG Essentials for the PlayStation 5. I feel very strongly about it. I think Gran Turismo 7 is great. However, um, uh, I think there is definitely room for a really cool arcade racer, and Need for Speed absolutely can scratch that itch. Now, do we know if they're going to stick the landing? No. But I feel like they've, and Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like everything they have shown us so far is leading me towards optimism as opposed to cynicism. Honestly, I'm very bad at being a cynic anyway, so I, I'm like the worst person to talk to about this because I'm always going to be hype about racing games, even if they hurt me, um, <laughs> because I just yeah, love sure. racing games so much. Okay. So... I so say. it's hard for me to be cynical about it, but I'm I, I really do think that there is a lot to love. There really is yes. a lot to love. No, I agree. I think so too. Um I'm very excited for it. Um like I said, it's coming up it's coming out in like less than two months. Very exciting. Obviously we will talk about it more as it comes out, probably in our last episode before we go dark for the rest of twenty twenty two, which is absolutely wild to me that we're I know, we're so close to that. It's crazy. Um next this came. Uh, this next news story actually came at a user request. Um, Overwatch Two is out. It is a free to play game. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. Uh, my my two sons have been playing it like crazy together. Um, they both have described it to me as more Overwatch with different stuff. At which point, listen, it's hard to argue with more Overwatch with different stuff. However, there was some things that hit the news. Um, that uh, was concerning to a lot of folks, at least on my own social media feeds, and we've since got some resolution. Specifically, um, Overwatch has this thing uh, that is called the SMS Protect feature, which is 
a feature in the game that's designed to prevent cheating and allow bans to stick um, if they ban you for any number of things. Um, and uh, it is basically you need to have a unique cell phone number attached to your account in order to use it. Um, the unintended side effect of that is that there are certain people that use uh, where their only phone number is like a prepaid phone. That's technically mm-hmm. not a, new, a unique number. And so as a result, they it blocked them from being able to play the game. Um, and wow. so this was a big old kerfuffle um, over the course of, I think, like three or four days after the launch. Blizzard has since made an update. They said that existing, and this was as of October 7th, the way they have it set up is that existing Battle.net accounts who have that that are attached to one of these prepaid phones are good to go. So existing Battle.net accounts, they kind of grandfathered everyone in. But anyone new that comes in is going to need to do the SMS protect feature. Um, and so what that means is if you're listening to this and you you or your kids, which my guess is that's probably more common, you know, a lot of kids using prepaid phones, that type of thing. They may not be able to use um, Overwatch 2 because of this feature if they have never had a Battle.net account before. Um, and again, the, the way Blizzard explains it is that this is to pre- it's for three reasons. One is to deal with cheating um, so they can ban people for cheating and they can't just create a new account. Another one is to prevent smurfing, which is, interestingly enough, a term that I never thought to define, but as soon as it started being used, I had like four different parents reach out to me and be like, what's smurfing? So clearly when we do another round of, um, you know, writing for the glossary, we will be putting it in there. If you are curious, smurfing is a high level player in a competitive game, creating a brand new account so they can bypass matchmaking and troll new players, which obviously sucks. Um, but, um, and also um, harassment issues. Um, you know, they, they want, you know, Overwatch as a team, want, you know, obviously they make some mistakes in their Activision, so insert all manner of caveats here. However, they do ban people for being jerks, um, and they want that to be able to stick. So that's what this is for. Um, so that's that. That's the news about the SMS Protect feature. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Manny, you want to talk about The Sims? Oh, man. I did you hear about The Sims? I, I did. It. I did hear about The Sims today. The new Sims game is, like, way away in the future, though. Like, oh, we're yeah, looking yeah. at at least another three years until that's coming oh. going to come out. Oh, that far out. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I wow. think three but, years is generous. I think three years is Sims optimism. I feel like this we'll is... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, Maxis thinking- is magic. It's true. They can do some real stuff. But there's some Sims 4 news that's actually There is. So the new... probably bigger than Sims 5 news, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. Okay, so listen. If you've never played Sims 4, now's the time to do it. Because Sims 4, the base game, just went free to play. So you can just play it. Oh, wow. You can download it and play it. The Sims, the base game, is still an excellent game. And then you can go off once you've decided that you love your Sims and you want them to have pets or like very tiny babies or or to be a vampire. Not that I have anything to say about that at all. But you can go off and you can buy all of the rat. Yeah, narrator. Narrator Um, She does. She has lots to say, as always. I have lots to say about everything. That's why y'all keep me around. So, yeah, went free to play today which is very very cool they had a big event for the sims today which a lot of great news came out of i saw some screenshots for the new sims for the new sims game i you know maxis y'all are crushing it and they're doing a great job with their creators as well their influencers and content creators they're doing exceptional work they're even bringing in some of the most influential and important sims streamers and content creators like ebonics to help, like, make sure that black Sims have killer hair and they have incredible skin colors. So we love to see it. Like, we love yeah. to see it. It's just W's all around. Really smart. Really smart. Um, 
Hopefully they're paying these, these creators. Oh, um, yeah. No, they're definitely but, paying they're them. Doing. I'm pretty... Like, Ebonix is an enormous streamer. So, yeah. yeah, I would imagine that she would not get out of bed unless she was getting paid. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Power to her because she's phenomenal. I'm Good. She should get paid then. I'm not criticizing at all. I was, I'm hoping. Oh, no, no. Um, no, everyone so, should get their bag. So, this is... Um, the Sims is one of those things. What's funny is Sims has been around since I was in college. Right? So, this is, you know, 20 years ago whatever and so it's been in the background for a very long time but what i find really interesting is that sims at, at sims 4 um has a lot of the you know a, it has a lot in common with some of the other kind of like sandbox building games that we just assume exist right and like they're just a part of the the atmosphere the only thing you don't do in the sims um, maybe you can in one of these expansions is like farm crops, right? But like at the end of the day, you're building houses, you're building communities, you're like running a Sims life, which is very similar to a lot of these other games. Um, obviously, it, it has its own mechanics and its own stuff, but it's really interesting. It feels like if The Sims came out more recently and wasn't like part of the background ephemera of the gaming space where it's just like the sims exist forever it feels like it would be a much much bigger phenomenon and that's to say it is a big game and it's very popular and ea makes a lot of money from it every year it's just really surprising to me considering you know the more i think about it how cool the sims is and it's just that it's been so cool for so long we forget about it you know because we don't talk about Sims news on here, even though it would be perfectly appropriate for our audience. Like, I don't talk about it because it's like, it's just been there for so long, even though mm-hmm. it's, it's a big deal. Um, it's kind of like World of Warcraft in that way, where it's just like, you know, it's been around forever. So it's, it's, it's right. kind of like Fortnite, where it's like Fortnite's been around, you know. Yeah. So anyway, um, super excited about Sims. Sims 5 is what we're talking about as the game that's a billion miles away. But the fact that they put those words into the air... Um, man, their PR team is going to hate their life for the next three or four years. Because every time anything comes up, we're going to be like, do you have anything to say about Sims 5? And they're going to have to... Ooh, man. Um, oh, it's not out yet? Push it out. Come on. Yeah. You make these games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, hopefully they bought their PR team donuts today. Uh, so they, as a thank you for the, for the bad... Uh, the, the next game's going to be live service. They, that's just the way to go at this point. Well, I mean, is it? Sims 4, basically, a live service game? No, because it's all add-on packs, so it's not yeah. truly I, a I live service really, game. I guess really. They're going to nickel and dime you for every piece of clothing, everything. Can they do, like, a Sims? They can't do a battle pass in the Sims. <laughs> can they? No. Can they? Is there something I mean, equivalent? Oh, well, I mean, they could make up a game. They would have to come... I'm sure they're thinking of it. And I'm sure they they have to come up with a Sims. See, the real thing to do right now, I don't know, would be to build it out like Fortnite, where it could be played on any device. Well, it can already be played on almost everything except mobile, right? Sims Four could be played on mobile. No, I don't think so. But I think it's no. Sims is its own mobile experience. It's it's actually it's a very much watered down experience of the Sims, so it runs on phones. Um, but it's still good. It's still good. Sims yeah, on, on mobile is, is still enjoyable. But it's not robust. But yeah. if you never played Sims... or Now's the time! Now's the time, have, yeah. You know, if you have older kids that are... Because it it's a little bit more technical. I think they could probably put some work into the onboarding experience. Because I have had trouble with like getting started. With, I've tried to start it. And it's just a little, over, a little overwhelming. I think they could do a little better in the beginning. But if you have older kids that are that you think might be into that thing it's free now so it doesn't cost it, it costs you nothing but the time to download it and it's definitely worth a look uh because i yeah. think it's super cool uh just be ready for them to build a house and trap their sim in there with no doors yep. or put them in a pool and take the ladder out and just be ready for that just be ready for it because it's the thing um hey who wants to feel old i always feel old yeah <laughs> who wants to feel as the baby, I am not allowed to feel old, apparently. But yeah. yeah, okay, let's go. It's the name of a segment. It's really what it is. I mean, no, I know. I don't expect you to feel old um, because I probably still baby. will. I feel old often, believe it or not. <laughs> so, um, October nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. 
Anybody want to take a guess what game came out without Googling it? Anybody? No. Uh, I'm in. cheating. I'm so looking at the record, notes. <laughs> don't you dare. Um, uh, so that's 20, uh, 23 years ago for those counting. Um, Pokemon Yellow for the Game Boy. Uh, well, for the Game Boy Color is when that one came out. Oh, wow. That's the... They had the first. They had the original versions, red and blue. Everybody had to pick a side. Yellow was the one where you got Pikachu. Oh. Pikachu edition, um, and that is. Uh, I saw that and I was like, "There is no way." <laughs> um, but it is twenty three years ago. Pokemon Yellow. Um, has any of us play that game? I played it on the DS. Or, uh, yeah, that's where I played it. They put it on when they added it to the. Um, when they added it to the game uh, to the 3DS eShop, um, that's and funny. It's crazy. This is before my yeah. It, that's what, crazy. What it's before my real falling down the rabbit hole of games because that yeah. really didn't happen till the you know early aughts, like 2002, 2003. So I don't even remember this coming out because it was kind of before that era for me. I worked at Blockbuster when this came out. So you, that was all, yeah. I remember all you over. could rent Game Boy games. Wow. And so we had like five or six copies of it, and they were always gone. Your head hurts? Okay, I'm almost done. And then we'll go get you taken care of, okay? Um, We have a head bonk. Oh, so, no. Oh. You take uh, Mega Mom says she was old enough that you were that she was too cool for Pokemon when it came out. Little did you know the rabbit hole that you were going to be going down. Mega Man, I am telling you, when the card game came out, I was like just a smidge too old, a smidge, and I did it anyway. Oh, I did it anyway because you but I've never been cool. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel that so cool. hard. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree with that, Amanda. I think you're pretty cool. I think you're pretty cool. I know you think I'm cool. I know my kids think I'm cool, but in my heart, I know I'm just a big dork. Mega Mom, Mega Mom in the chat saying she bought her first Pokemon card in 1999. Um, yeah. So the uh, what was why? Here's the fun story about Pokemon at Blockbuster is uh, you're renting the game, so you would rent the game. And then you would bring it back, and you would have the last person's Pokemon. So, um, and we all know, well, if you don't know, Pokemon games um, are, it's notoriously hard to reset the game. Done on purpose, so that small children didn't accidentally delete their whole collections, right? So... We regularly had like parents call who didn't know, and they would be like, "This game's broken. The, the, the game already like it's like it started. Like, how do they start at the beginning again?" So we would have to explain to them, and I can't remember it now, but we would have to explain to them. And very few of the employees at that blockbuster knew what a Game Boy was. <laughs> that was back when there was like, if you were a teenager, you knew, but if you were older. It was just you one didn't of those know. newfangled yeah. things. You had no idea. So, like, they would call during the day and get this lady, Donna, um, you know, and she was, you know, a grandmother at that time, right? You know, working in retirement, you know, in retirement, working five hours a day, whatever. They would call in the morning and she'd be like, oh, I don't know, call call Steve at night. And so they <laughs> He's would coming in later. at this time. <laughs> yeah, they would look on the schedule and they'd be like, hey, uh, Donna said that we should call you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, so... Because you had just, uh, and if you didn't do that, you just continued on with the game and played with this other kid. So it was kind of like the earliest version of Twitch plays Pokemon, <laughs> because it was just <laughs> such random shenanigans. Um, and uh, I, I really wish that I had uh, like gotten one of those cartridges just to have like that legacy of like. You know, because eventually they would beat the game, right? And you'd have, like, these cartridges that had this whole collection of Pokemon from, like, 20 different little kids. And I just think that's just kind of an interesting archaeological date. So I wish I had access to one of those cards right now. I obviously do not. Um, 
But yeah, so that's um, we do know Mega Mom loves her some Cubone. Um, she is we every time we talk about who's your favorite Pokemon and all that, we come come to that. Um, so guys, we did it. We did. We did. Episode three hundred and ninety is in the books. That means we're ten Woo-hoo. episodes away from episode three hundred, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, I uh, we'll have to do something cool. We'll have to do something cool. So um, next week, I will be streaming um, during this time slot. I do not know exact what I will probably be streaming now that I'm thinking about it. Is Mario plus Rabbids Spark of Hope? Is what That's I will fair. likely be streaming during this time slot. Um, if something weird happens, I'll be streaming more uh, Disney uh, Starlight Valley uh, because that's a thing. That's like my filler. Um, but my, I believe I'm still working on it. But I think next week we will actually have a special guest from another EFG podcast. We may have a little crossover event from EFG, Ooh. LFG, PST, or we may have five people on here so we can have Dana... So that she and I can have a brief moment to talk about uh, World of Warcraft Dragonflight. And then she can vanish for a little while and then we'll bring her back um, occasionally. Um, I asked her and she said she had to look at her schedule. Um, That's fair. But, so we may have an extra person. And I'm very excited for it. Um, I don't think any of you guys have met Dana before. But um, she is my... I've heard her. <laughs> yeah, well, we have heard her. Um, but we may have five people next time, so we can talk a little uh, bit of the World of Warcraft. Um, because it's almost Dragonflight time, um, and I pro- and I, I will save everyone from me rambling about it forever, and we'll just have one episode with a guest, and then she can <laughs> yeah. vanish into the ether for a little bit. So, um, uh, Linda, Amanda, and John, thank you very much for joining me tonight, as always. And thank you to the chat for coming to watch. And thank you to everybody in pod, on podcast services all over the place. Um, we really appreciate you listening. And we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. Uh, like I said, I'll be back next week with, uh, with our stream. But make sure to check out that ESG content. Join us on our Facebook group, etc. Um, because we've got all sorts of stuff happening all the time. Lots of places to ask questions and find me on TikTok. Um, until next time. Don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see y'all soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Up by Kevin McLeod, an audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.